0: No, hey, stop messing around. Hello, and welcome to episode 12 of Retrospection. In each episode, we shine a light through an old TV show or film, and pick it apart to see if it still works today, or whether it should have been left in the dark. My name's Colin, and I'm in Narnia,
1: And <laughs> I, I I'm uh, Paul, and I'm... I was going to say I'm in the closet, but... No, I'm not in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the wardrobe. I'm in the wardrobe.
0: Okay. <laughs> and in this episode, we're taking a look at Sergei Eisenstein's The Storming of Serraz from 1929.
1: Oh no, I, looked, I watched the wrong movie. A film about a
0: physical war between the forces of commercial cinema and independent... No, we're not. I'm just kidding. It's too cultured for us. Thank God for that. Yeah. Today, we're watching Carry On Behind from 1975.
1: Hey, I'm back in. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, the Carry On series consists of 30 films in its original run from 1958 to 1978, then one was released later with a new cast in 1992. The three West End stage shows, a TV series of 13 episodes, and four Christmas
1: specials. Prolific.
0: Yeah. It's the longest running British film series. I can't think of many that equaled it. The Bond series has only just reached 24. And Zatoichi, a Japanese film series, managed twenty six in its original run, but I don't know of any other
1: film series. No, no. Wait, just out of curiosity, do you know which came first? Um, was it Bond or was it Carry On? It was probably Carry On, wasn't it? On, yeah. was, Carry On, Because that was what, 58,
0: 59, was it? The first one. It was. I did say in the introduction, if you were listening, nineteen
1: fifty eight. Did you really? <laughs> I, did. I never listened to you, Colin. <laughs> no. no, clearly. <laughs> That, that, one, that was um, Carry On uh, Surgeons. Surgeons, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you say that as well? No, I didn't. It's fine. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the question
0: is how did they manage to have so many films in 20 years? Well, the cheap is one reason. And quite often they were churning Especially out. Especially this one. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Quite often they were churning out two a year. Mm -hmm. cinematically they're very basic with probably only carry on cleo carry on screaming and carry on jack having anything that resembles at least
1: visually a decent production value i think you could probably count carry on cowboy in there as well couldn't
0: you ah yes i'd forgotten about that one you could Mm -hmm. yes yeah Uh,
1: and and what about carry on up the kyber Eh, that's just whales (laughs) what big bloated fish can't think of an actor to go for. (laughs) I was going for a joke and I
0: couldn't think of a fat actor in (laughs) Carry On Up the Guy, (laughs) there are none, really. Not really, no, no. no. All right. (laughs) (laughs) The Carry On films usually feature the same ensemble of actors with some alterations throughout the years, and the films themselves changed. The early ones poke fun at British institutions, class system and the establishment. Then they move on to parody popular film genres, and later ones are a mixture of historical comedies and contemporary parodies of the British way of life.
1: And what, what are your favourite kind of ones? Do you prefer the, the contemporary ones or do you prefer the, the historical ones? I don't
0: think I split that easily. I think I, I'm a mix of like some of the contemporary ones are good and then some of the historical ones are also good. But I don't see it that way. I can't segregate it like that.
1: you well to me they're they're almost in a way like two kinds of um two different kinds of movies you look at the historical ones and then you look at the contemporary particularly the ones in the 70s that like the one that we're going to do today and they're um they're they're very different i think right it's almost like the the i mean the 1970s ones are very the ones set in the contemporary 1970s they're they're almost like snapshots of, of particular time. Oh yeah, they? absolutely.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. whereas the historical ones, I don't know, they, they seem a lot gentler, I think. So including ones like Carry On Dick. Well maybe not carry on dick.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> carry on dick sounds gentle.
1: There are so many replies to that and you'll tell me off if I say any of them, so I'm just absolutely. not gonna say them. <laughs> Um,
0: for the most part, the films don't follow on and were not sequels to each other, although Carry On Doctor and Carry On Doctor, again, are loosely connected.
1: Yeah, yeah. and they did a lot of uh, hospital-based ones, didn't they?
0: Yeah, Carry On Nurse, Carry On Matron as well. I think generally in that period of time, the National Health Service and Medicine was very popular in British comedies because you also had the Dentist series,
1: mm-hmm. you had the
0: Doctor in the House series, which also was a yeah. TV series as well as films.
1: Doctor in the House was kind of um, the Carry On rivals uh, for a while, weren't they? It was, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So growing up in the UK in the seventies and eighties, Carry On films were always on TV, especially on a holiday, and they're a big part of British life. um, I guess up until the late eighties, I would think. Then they seem to fade away.
1: They're still around. Well, there's a channel called ITV in this country, which I'm sure you know, you remember. Yes and now we've got itv2 itv3 and itv4 and they they often turn up on those on a sunday afternoon oh okay Mm -hmm.
0: okay so when did you first get into the carry-on films what did they mean to you and
1: well in in some strange way you remember we talked previously about the hammer movies yeah and how i was introduced to those by my mum well Hammer and Carry On go hand in hand for me because Carry On was, was um, my mum was a big fan of the Carry On movies as well, and she introduced me to those, so she introduced me to Hammer and Carry On. It's an interesting mix, but Carry On and Hammer, they have a very
0: similar ethos about them in
1: production styles and values. and mm-hmm. Cheap, cheerful, and let's reuse whatever we can and, and use the same British. cast. And very British. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I grew up watching them. Whenever they were on TV, I, was, I would always watch them. And the, and the weird thing is, I mean, I was watching them from, from being quite young. And growing up in my house, any kind of violence in, in, in movies and TV shows wasn't, was kind of ignored. But anything sexual was um, really a no-no in our house. It was kind of embarrassing, particularly my daddy. He found it very embarrassing. But for some reason, the Carry On movies slipped through the net there you know mm. maybe it's because it was it was all double entendre and it, yeah. was, it was it was never overtly no no
2: sexual. Any, any, i was any,
1: gonna say i was gonna say it was never overtly in your face very appropriate yeah <laughs> <laughs> but mm. yeah yeah we we um we watched them all the time me and my mum, and and maybe some of the the more um Rude aspects of them went over my head as a kid, but I, I just thought they were really funny and I, and and I, you always kind of got a, a, a. This is going to sound really strange, but they, they give off a kind of warm feeling when you watch them. <laughs> yeah, what? I, I, I'm the, not talking about incontinence. let crazy used to give me no, never mind.
0: I always remember the clip shows are very popular. On TV, You know, they take clips from all the various movies, and that, that was almost a series in itself as well.
1: They were always on at like half seven on a on a Wednesday night or something. Right, and it was they? just the random clips taken out of order of mm-hmm. the jokes,
0: I guess, from the film. But it's a weird thing to do.
1: But that's the that's the weird thing about carry-on movies. You, you could take random parts of those movies and ha- put them all together, and it was still funny, even even completely out of context.
0: Yeah, I wonder if that's because... Uh, In the 70s, the films became less narrative and more sketchy, sketch show based.
1: Possibly, possibly.
0: Which we'll talk about with this one. One of the annoying aspects of the Carry On series is that it's a series of films that you feel embarrassed about liking. People always say, oh, you like, you know, the Karasawa films or these films. Yeah. But if you say, oh, I actually quite like the Carry On films, you've instantly got this look yeah, you know, you're stigmatized by
1: it. You feel like you're being judged that you're you're not a good person for liking the Carry On movies. Sometimes, don't you? You're not. Yeah. You you know you you get labelled with the you're not PC. You know. But I do think right, that right. the Carry On movies yeah. do. It is a. It is a cycle. I think that goes around, where then you know they're in favor, then they're not in favor, then they come back in favor again. Sometimes I think.
0: Yeah, I did read a point in the Carry On Facts and Figures book that it says that the Carry On films reach a new generation every seven years. Not sure how I can, see that. That yeah, I can see that, yeah, I can see
1: that.
0: Yeah. All right, so Carry On Behind was made in 1975, mm-hmm. was the 27th film in the series, so it comes close to the <laughs> end. Very good. Thanks. It's missing a few of the Carry On regulars, Barbara Windsor, Hattie Jakes... Charles Hartree and Sid James who was touring with his stage show in Australia at the time and his part is taken by Windsor Davis although it was actually written for Sid James. <sighs> Windsor Davis. Carry On Behind also stars Kenneth Williams as Professor Roland Crump Bernard Breslau in his last Carry On film as Arthur Upmar Elke Sommer in her first and only Carry On film as
1: Professor Anna Vushka and apparently she was paid more than any of the series regulars.
0: Yeah that happened before as well for Phil Silver's when he appeared in one he was paid more than the regulars
1: but i can understand it with someone like phil silvers i mean he was a big tv star wasn't he he was a big he was a big star but
0: i think elkie song was fairly well known at the time she'd been in uh, after the fox with Peter sellers and done uh, some other films as well
1: mm mm-hmm. and she is quite good in this movie i have to say
0: yeah i think it's a shame she didn't do much. she's really good at the comedy her timing's perfect and mm-hmm. she really seems to enjoy the role
1: yeah mm mm-hmm. yeah
0: we also have Kenneth Connor as Major Leap, Jack Douglas as Ernie Bragg, Joan Sims as Daphne Burns, Windsor Davis as Fred Ramsden, Peter Butterworth as Henry Burns, and Liz Fraser as Sylvia Ramsden. So before we start,
1: Carry On Behind, worst title of the series? <laughs> I don't know, um, at least it, it tells you something. It tells you what the movie's... I mean, what's Carry On Girls? What does that tell you? But it's a, but it's a line in the film. Like usually there was
0: a line in the film that was the title.
1: I see what you're saying. You're saying that the, 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 the title of this movie bears no relation to, to the movie at all.
0: Not really. Although Kenneth Williams in an interview tried to justify it by saying that the behind was all the stuff that people had behind their car and were pulling, <laughs> You know, the, the caravans and the trains, <clears throat> which it does show you in the closing credits, a caravan behind the car when the name comes up. But I think that's a bit of a reach.
1: Yeah, and then he just probably went home and angrily berated everything in his diary. Later.
0: Probably, probably. <laughs> so. Can we dive straight in? Yeah, why not? So we begin with some ragtime music.
1: And it's a rank movie again. Second yeah. time I get to say that in this podcast. <laughs> Unless I cut it out. <sighs> oh, Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You're Give me these small things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you better keep that handy yep. it's going to be one of those nights <laughs> I think so yep. <laughs> um, so we get
0: illustrations of people from behind yeah we've got to talk about these credits the drawings, the majority of them are clearly women, uh, either bending or showing their underwear but there are men from behind on bicycles but not showing their underwear there's no. also for some reason a naked baby <laughs> yes that is rather strange and a horse <laughs>
1: But well, there's no horse in the film. <laughs> These cartoon credits, uh, all I could think of is Hannah Barbera goes to Blackpool.
0: <laughs> it's like a saucy postcard. It is a bit, isn't it? Yeah, it has that feel about it. And there's sometimes there's dirt being thrown at the bottoms. and, and They're very and jaunty, though. Yeah, really. and the music's catchy. Yeah, the music's I think good. it's actually one of the best carry-on film theme tunes. A
1: lot of them all do kind of sound very similar, though, don't they? Yeah, they do. So then we open
0: and we're doing a presentation called Getting to the Bottom of Things. <laughs> and it's a presentation on an archaeological dig being given by Professor Crump, played by Kenneth Williams. And he's reading from his notes and they're all messed up. And at the end of each line is a setup for a joke. And mm-hmm. this probably wouldn't work if anyone else was doing it. But Kenneth Williams is so perfect at this. His timing
1: is just it's funny. He's, he's refined this now, hasn't he? He's got it to a fine uh, right. at this point, hasn't he?
0: Yeah. And he's
1: starting to look quite old at this point as well, I thought.
0: I mean, everybody is at this point. Mm. I mean, series has been going for 20-odd years.
1: I think that's mm. why they, they try to inject some, some new people into this movie, isn't it? I mean, you get people like Ian Lavender.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there was talk about Sid James not coming back at this point because even in the 70s, it was becoming a little tiresome to have a 60 year old chasing 20 year olds.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he was doing um, it on TV every week as well, wasn't he? Well, he was also in
0: Bless This House mm-hmm. at the time. Um, he had a stage show, so they also thought he was a little overexposed.
1: <laughs> play, it, All right. play it, play it, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> play it. Okay. Play it. No, not doing You're it. You're not doing it this
0: time. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it when I do it. <laughs> so Professor Crump is showing a, a film. It's supposed to be an archaeological dig, and he's narrating it, but is in fact a stripper. It's it is. It's the wrong movie, isn't it? But the audience are loving it. The men, anyway. No,
1: even the women seem to be loving it
0: at this. Point. Yeah, yeah. And one guy squeezes his ice cream with excitement, and it lands in a woman's chest.
1: <laughs> That's always good. It's always a good gag. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I love the way Williams says enormous in the only a way that he can. It's like stretched out with so many syllables in that word. He also
1: has the line. of hey, Doesn't he mention a Stone Age erection as well? He does. <laughs> yes. And then when he finishes,
0: when he notices that the film isn't the right one, he's like, "Yeah, that's not Miss Fosdyke. They've sent the wrong film." <laughs> uh, for some reason, that makes me laugh too. Well,
1: it, it, it's the way that he's he does the really, really posh. And then when, he, when he's under pressure, he loses it, doesn't he? And becomes really yeah. common, you know? And, yeah. and, it, and it is funny. That's right. It is funny. It is funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so he tries to stop the film, mm-hmm. much to the disgust of many of the people in the audience.
1: And in my notes, I wrote the word tits. But then you write that in all your notes. <laughs> on walls, on the back of uh, <laughs> back of shop doorways, you know? Any, any chance right. I get? I don't, just for any... any Law enforcement people <laughs> that keep listening, you know. I don't do that. Right. Not anymore, anyway. No. The next morning,
0: Professor Crump and his students are off to an archaeological site, which is located next to a caravan park. Apparently, some old Roman ruins have been found in a sump pit. But he's been given a new assistant, Anna Vushka. And she's studying Roman history, but her English isn't perfect, and she arrives by driving and smashing into Crump's caravan. She
1: does, and she asks him, how are your doings? Yes. Yeah. And, and what does he say? I
0: can't, what does he say? I can't remember.
1: I was hoping you knew. <laughs> but she's well, got some I great don't. lines though, hasn't she? Yes. Does she say something about um she's examining Hadrian's walls? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and they're having it off? Yes. Many
0: many times. Many times, yes. Many times. <laughs> Next, we meet Windsor Davis as Fred Ramsden. He's a butcher, and he appears to be one with the ladies flirting with his customers, and he's going fishing with his friend Ernie Bragg while their wives go to a health farm, and Ernie at this point is accidentally locked in the fridge. So
1: what do you think of uh, Jack Douglas? I dislike Jack Douglas, Mm -hmm.
0: but this is the only carry-on film where he doesn't constantly do that tick that he has, where he suddenly goes all strange and he only does it once at the very end mm-hmm. and so in this film his character's quite good his character's nice friendly and polite and is the nice one out the two of them and so i was as i was watching i was like okay he's actually good in this but in the other carry-on films he's horrible
1: i completely agree with you i was fully expecting to get that jack douglas and and we didn't no, you know we, we we got we got this one, which was a lot more tolerable.
0: Yes, which is the yeah. one I wish they'd used more often.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a shame. But yeah. then I suppose every every one of these actors in these films have got the little shtick that they do, haven't they?
0: Yeah, at this point they have. And people, I guess, yeah. audiences at the time were just like waiting for that shtick to appear, mm-hmm. they like a big shtick. <laughs> Not doing it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's an actor that, that we'll come to later in the movie who's been in the series from the very beginning whose shtick changes throughout the series. Not, well, it, it's the same for a few movies at the beginning, and then they, when he gets a little bit older, they change it, and he becomes something else. And when we get to the actor, you'll know exactly what I'm referring to. But we're,
0: Oh, you have to let me know. I'm interested. I'm intrigued.
1: Mm-hmm. Next
0: character we meet is Arthur Because the beginning of this film is setting up all the characters That are going to be going to this caravan site yeah. And the next one we meet is Arthur Upmar played by, played by Bernard Breslau And he's coming from, from work And as he walks past his caravan that's on the drive He hears his wife, Linda, talking to somebody He suspects she's talking to a man Hurries into the caravan to catch them But it's just a very vocal minor bird
1: and know. Do you know who the who did the voice of the minor bird? Uh director. Yeah, Right. It was um, Gerald Thomas, who was very linked to Carry On. Yeah. He? he did. It was only the second acting job he did. It's very good. Well, he's just, he's just rude. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Up yours. <laughs> Get stuffed. Get stuffed,
0: Yeah. So they're about to go on holiday, and to his dismay, Arthur learns that his mother-in-law, Daphne Burns, played by John Sims, will be coming with them. The last couple we meet in this setup is Norma and Joe Baxter, who are also heading off to the caravan site with their giant wolfhound, which is more like a small horse called Ollie.
1: Well, you know, you've got to take a dog with you, haven't you?
0: And there's uh, there's lots of banging heads in this introduction to people and people catching themselves on things you can't go wrong with a bit of slapstick can no, you? no
1: that's true you know it's a nice break from all the double entendres <laughs> from you <laughs> from me yeah so now we have <laughs> go on no, i was just gonna say we, we um we didn't mention the great line when um yeah. when ernie and fred drive off and their wives shout out take care of your rods that's
0: right that's right and yeah. uh Fred's- It's laughing, but if you're actually looking at him, he's not laughing. They
1: dubbed it over. (laughs) There's a lot of that in this movie, if you actually look.
0: (laughs) So Fred and Ernie arrive at the campsite, and they meet the camp's owner, Major Leap, Mm -hmm. played by Kenneth Connor. And it's fair to say that Leap is a frustrated, dirty old man.
1: Yes, and this is the person that I was referring to. Okay. Kenneth Connor. If you you think about the, the kind of roles that Kenneth Connor played to begin with... He was oh, kind of like the that's... macho guy, wasn't he? He was the macho guy who was who was kind of sensitive. Didn't he start off in the original being the guy that couldn't speak
0: to women and was yeah, it, like in but car- he was quite macho, wasn't he? He was quite car- macho. No, no, no. In Carry On Sergeant, he's not macho, but they tried to make him macho, and he becomes macho yeah, at the end. Yeah, 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 he? yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But then you have got Carry On Cruising, where he's the doctor and he's quite macho, but, he, but he's again still he doesn't talk women, to women right. Yeah, yeah. But but as he got older, they turned his his characterizations into more of a, a dirty old man yeah. the posh dirty old man you know the, the major type or as he is in this you know yeah
0: which is odd because there's so many other people that could have gone for that role in that direction mm-hmm. so fred and ernie see a couple of attractive women fred tells ernie that as far as this holiday is concerned they are single ernie really just wants to fish and when they're back at their caravan fred tell asks ernie what are you doing and he's i'm just checking my tackle
1: <laughs> See it's funny <laughs> It is funny isn't it It's yeah. funny It's not just me It's funny
0: <laughs> So so Fred tries to flirt With some girls Who are playing With an inflatable ball But he kicks the ball Too far And it eventually Lands in a fire And as he goes to get it My ball's burning
1: <laughs> And and what does uh, We should mention That Peter Butterworth is, uh, Has appeared at this point Hasn't he
0: Yeah Peter Butterworth Is Henry The odd job man Of the campsite and he says, well, don't stand so close to the fire. It's one of the best lines
1: in the movie, it really is. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> We ruined it slightly. <laughs> well, we, uh, we, were, we were discussing it the other night, weren't we? And we were just texting yeah. each other. And, 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 and I said that, just in a text, I said that, you know, I, I, I just watched the trailer at that point and it, and it was making me laugh. And I, and I wrote the line down in the text and you said that you were laughing just reading it. <laughs> yeah.
0: It is a good line. It is a good line. There's a better one I prefer later. but that right. was good.
1: Ooh, exciting. Yeah, <laughs> stay tuned, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we should also mention that when um, Windsor Davis and Jack Douglas first see the, the 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 women in the camp, we get the classic. Foo! Yes, we do. Don't which we?
0: is usually reserved for Sid James. It is. Oh, isn't well, it? Kenneth Connor used to do it occasionally too, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, his yeah. was more of a less of a guttural. It was more
0: of a... That's true. You're enjoying that way too much. I am, yeah. (laughs) You've been waiting for this moment.
1: It might not be the last time you hear it tonight as
2: well. (laughs) Okay.
1: When Professor Crump and
0: Professor Bushko arrive, we discovered that the damage to his caravan was so severe that they have to seek alternative accommodation. Major Leap takes Mm -hmm. them to his odd job man, Henry. And Henry... It's always one to make some extra money. So he offers his own caravan, which looks more like a dumping ground for any old crap than somewhere to stay. And they <laughs> haggle over the price for the rent. And my note here they is do. about but... Elki Summer, like how good she is. But we talked about that.
1: She is. I mean, she's got the whole thing about, oh, it, it'll be cramped, <laughs> <Right>. Meaning cramped.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Meaning cramped, yeah. We should mention, shouldn't we, that, that she's, she's playing a Russian. Yeah, I
0: guess so. Yes, that's probably a good yeah. point. Playing a Russian. which... which... <laughs>
1: We should have said that right at the beginning. Otherwise, none of this makes any sense. (laughs) Don't worry about it. It's the internet. It's non-linear. Don't worry about it. Professor
0: Crump doesn't want to stay in a small caravan with Vushka, as it wouldn't be right, so he goes to look for somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Now, two girls turn up at the camp, Sylvia and Vera, played by Liz Fraser and Patricia Franklin. Mm -hmm. But they've only got tight tents. I'll say that again. And they've (laughs) (laughs) they've only got tights. (laughs) Where am I going with this? But they've only got tents, and the site is caravans only. But Vera uses her sexuality to get Major Leap to let them use it anyway. And it doesn't take much, does it? No, he's full-on
1: creep in this scene. But Mm. it's the women who are using this to their advantage. Don't you think that a lot of the women in the Carry On movies, they're strong women, they're strong characters?
0: oh yeah i mean this is one of the strange things about the carry-on films it has this reputation of being misogynistic and sexist but if you actually look at the whole series the female characters are actually the more intelligent characters the stronger characters carry-on cabbie was about women's rights and equal rights for women Mm -hmm. even the characters that are a little ditzy are still played with them knowing what they're doing but also, there are male characters in the Carry On film. They're equally as ditzy as the female characters. Absolutely. As
1: well. In fact, most of the male characters are dummies, aren't they? Really, in, in the Carry On movies. Yeah, I mean Jim Dale. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he would. He would be the. He'd be the. He'd be the nice but dim character, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So I mm-hmm. kind of find that when people think about the Carry On films, they think of this one, uh, Carry On Campy maybe in Carry On Girls.
1: Carry On Girls, I would imagine, because that one's got a, a beauty pageant. Yeah. Isn't it? And then they say, oh, the whole series is like
0: that. And it never was.
1: Not at all. No, you know, not at all.
0: It, it just changed as it went on mm-hmm. to whatever the mood was at the time.
1: Absolutely, yeah. They, they, they're a great reflector of, of what, what was going on at the time, I think, the carry-on movies. Yeah. So this scene where um, Major Leap is talking to the two girls, So I'm guessing that the way he walks away from this, the, 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 the assumption is that he's got an erection. I didn't actually think that or notice it. He does a kind of a weird walk where he, he, he's kind of like leaning forwards and as he's walking okay. away, okay. and he's like, ooh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. <laughs> I didn't notice, but clearly you're paying more attention.
1: Funnily enough, I was this week. Yeah, what a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Finally hit my level, you see, that's what it is. <laughs>
0: Meanwhile, back at Ernie and Fred's caravan, there is a problem. It's revealed that Ernie talks in his sleep, and if he goes with a woman, he'll end up revealing it to his wife by mumbling about it as he snoozes. Fred is gutted, because that means he can't get up to mischief either.
1: (laughs) Now, there's a really uh, un-PC joke here, isn't there? Uh... Because doesn't he suggest that... um, He says, well, I know what I'll do. No, that's later, where he says... Oh, is that later? Yeah, yeah,
0: it's actually later. Um, He suggests that he'll call... The woman Charlie, and then if he talks in his sleep, he'll say the word Charlie, and mm. his wife will think he's been going with a man. And Fred <laughs> looks at him and says, "That could be worse." And then mm. says, "Kiss me." You're not going to do the voice? Oh well, hell no! <laughs> <laughs> Worried it sounds too close to my normal one on the radio, yeah, a, on the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah. Sir? laughs> Uh, but but Sylvia and Vera are having trouble with the portable cooking stove and they enter Fred and Ernest's caravan to ask for help Ernest is polite and it's interesting here that we see Fred as the shy one Um, it seems that when he's out of his comfort zone he is as confident as one would think
1: no because he's um, he's all bluster isn't he yeah exactly Mm -hmm. no this would be I don't think this would be played slightly differently if it was Sid James because you can't you, you never really see Sid James as vulnerable in that way do you
0: yeah, that's interesting. I'm, I read that it was written for Sid
1: James. Well, that completely makes sense to me, that it was written for Sid James. Yeah,
0: but you are right. It's an unusual... Mm. Yeah, interesting. Maybe,
1: maybe they just ins- they, they inserted that yeah, maybe. aspect of it, you know, because because it was a different actor.
0: Or maybe that's how they were moving Sid James away from, you know, lusting after women.
1: I can't imagine that Sir James would have been uh, too happy about portraying somebody that was, you know, not sure of himself in that way. I guess. Yeah, maybe. He was I mean he was a he was a man's man, Sir James, wasn't he? He was I think pretty much what you saw was what you got with Sir James. I'm
0: trying to think of other roles in other films, but
1: yeah. Yeah. mm mm-hmm. So
0: Ernest suggests that the ladies have dinner with them and they graciously say they'll cook it while Ernest and Fred go to get drink. Yeah. Professor Crump gives up looking for a place to stay and agrees to lodge with Vushka, but only if they use a blanket hanging down the middle to separate their sleeping areas.
1: No, this, this made me laugh because from the outside, this, this um, caravan looks tiny, doesn't it? But when they show yeah. you the interior, it's huge. <laughs> it's like a TARDIS caravan.
0: Yeah, it's also a lot cleaner. She does a
1: really good job of cleaning it. She does, yeah, particularly as she said that she needs a scrubber. That's right, and she goes around the campsite looking for scrubbers. She does, yeah. She doesn't find any other, does she? Scrubbers. No, she
0: peers into Fred and Ernest's caravan, if they got the two women in, and asks if there's any scrubbers in there.
1: A gag that only works if you're English. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Google it. Google it, yeah. <laughs> uh, so or just email like. us. Email <laughs> us, we'll explain it to you.
0: I'll pass it to Paul, because I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Meanwhile, Arthur is drinking tea and reading the paper when he discovers that Daphne's, his mother-in-law's, minor bird, keeps saying, get stuffed and show us your knickers. He's amused by this because Daphne will not tolerate bad language or ungentlemanly behaviour.
1: It's a shame because we're all amused by it, really, aren't we? We are, yeah. There's nothing funnier than a foul-mouthed bird, is there? <laughs> okay,
0: Norma and Joe arrive and they camp alongside Arthur and Linda Mm-hmm. Nama's big dog Ollie runs out and greets Arthur and Daphne, Arthur's mother-in-law starts to complain about the dog and that they should move now Arthur is already sick of her complaining and as she and Linda enter the caravan the bird otters get stuffed and they they think Arthur said it and are horrified by his behaviour Daphne compares it to her ex-husband and his loutish ways
1: yeah because so, he he so he comes across that way doesn't he? I mean, he's, he's this character that Bernard Brezel plays, he wouldn't say boo to a goose, would he? I mean, he's... <laughs> right, right, he's, he's, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Don't you think it's interesting as well, to, talking about Joan Sims in this role? Again, she's another one whose characterizations change as she gets older in the Carry On movies. She was more of the ditzy one
0: in the Carry On nurse. At the start. And yeah. then she
1: moved into, when she got a little bit older, she moved into the sort of, like the battle axe sexy siren type person right, right
0: who was always going after the man usually yeah. kenneth williams
1: yeah and now she's the naggy wife or naggy mother-in-law right but i guess it's just an age thing as as the because i mean we're talking we're at what as you say we're on 27 now 27 yeah. moves so we're point. in the
0: 75 from that's going from 58
1: yeah you've got to give them their due though. i mean they they stuck with a lot of these actors yeah, they did, but you who know. else would work for so little money? <laughs> this is true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you ever read Kenneth Williams' diaries? I've not, no, no. You should read them, they're, they're, they're very interesting. I know, they're pretty scathing. Yeah, and he talks about how little he's been paid. And... Well,
0: that's why Charles Hartree was gone at this point. Yeah, Because he uh, asked for more money, and because Charles Hartree was quite a well known actor before the Carry On films. Mm-hmm. and so he always thought of himself as being above all the other actors but of course as the overall actors became more popular than him but he demanded more money and so they just said bye
1: and then that, that started way back in even in i think the first time that happened was carry on cruising yeah he was dropped he, he, and then yeah, he, came he was running supposed back. to play the cook he was supposed yeah. to play the cook yeah mm-hmm. yeah so and and him and williams had a ongoing feud as well with each yeah, other okay they did like I'm
0: surprised yeah I'm surprised more people in that group didn't a lot of egos I don't think well
1: I think the only person that Williams actually, actually respected if you read his diaries was Bernard Breslau
0: I think he liked the women though didn't he
1: he liked John Sims. John yeah. Sims was, was... But he couldn't stand Sid James, and Sid James couldn't stand him, which makes a lot of sense, really, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, which is, but it's also <laughs> odd, because they also work together in Hancock's Half Hour on the radio and on
1: TV. Absolutely, yeah. If you think about Sid James, you, I mean, you can. Uh, and Kenneth Williams and, and their characters. Yeah, they're very two different sides of the spectrum. Polar opposites, aren't they? So. Yeah, definitely.
0: So Professor Crump is now looking for the old sump pit, but managed to fall into the new sump pit and gets covered in sewage.
1: He does, doesn't he? Yes. I I bet he loved doing that. Oh, I'm sure he did not. (laughs) Kenneth Williams was notorious for being uh, clean. Yes.
0: (laughs) Meanwhile, Ollie the dog escapes and knocks over the Miner Bird, which then somehow gets out of its cage and flies away. Yes. Crump, in a need to clean himself, takes a shower at the shower block, but he doesn't know that the men's sign has fallen off. Mm -hmm. And before it can be replaced, Vushka enters... And she's unconcerned that Crump is naked in the shower behind a little door and she starts talking to him as she gets into the next cubicle. He's horrified, panics, gets out wrapped in a towel and she asks him to hang her clothes up. And as Crump is holding her underwear, Arthur enters. Mm-hmm. He stirs at Crump. Crump tries to explain that the underwear isn't his, gives up and runs out. Arthur, a little stunned, gets into the shower. <laughs> It's like carry on behind the audio book.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just, I was just listening to you tell it and I'm replaying it in my head and it's still funny. (laughs) I'm kind of, I'm kind of wistfully staring off into the distance as you're as you're retelling the movie, and I'm thinking, oh yeah, yeah, I'd forgotten about that bit. Yeah, that was funny. It's funny; it? it's a film you could just watch again. It is, it is, and I almost did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Even though there's no story whatsoever for the first oh, no, no, eighty I, I,
1: minutes of it, it, it is just a, a collection of sketches. That yes, loosely strung together, very loosely.
0: Linda and Daphne discover the bird has flown away. Daphne blames Arthur, and they go to find him.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Joe arrives at the shower block. I I, I got a problem for a while. I didn't even know who Joe and Norma were. They're they're kind of... I don't even know them as actors. You know, they're the two... They own the dog, but they're two people who are very forgettable.
1: Well, one of them is Ian Lavender, isn't he? Oh,
0: it's Ian Lavender. That's who it is. From um, Dad's Army.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. yes, but he's very—he's—he's he's playing a very different character than he plays yeah, in. Yeah, I don't really
0: recognise him.
1: It's because he's playing a kid in Dad's Army, and he's actually a grown man.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I find them the least interesting
1: couple in the film. Well, their whole thing is that dog, isn't it? They've got a dog. Yeah, there's no—they no. don't even really have any gags.
0: Not really. Just that Joe doesn't like the dog. Really. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm. So Joe arrives at the shower block. Henry, the odd job man, has since scrawled men on the wall to indicate the gender of the shower block. Well, not the gender of the shower block. Because shower blocks don't have genders. I mean, you know what people go anyway. And he goes into the shower cubicle. <laughs> no, oh, no. <laughs> no, he goes. <laughs> so now we have Arthur and Joe taking a shower on the word that Vushka is in there. Suddenly, they realise that a woman is in the shower. Mm-hmm. Vushka sees Erfa but doesn't see Joe. She leaves the shower block just as Linda and Daphne arrive. Linda is confused by Vushka leaving the men's washroom and she asks her if there's a guy in there. Vushka says, yes, only one. It's really hard to explain this stuff. <laughs> Linda's is, de- <laughs> Linda is determined to speak to Arthur, enters the shower block, but ends up talking to Joe instead of her husband. And there's a great a great gag. Go on. I, I, do you, have you written it down?
1: I haven't written it down, no. Go, oh. on. <laughs> go,
0: go on. I can't remember. She talks about, she's she suddenly horrified that it's not her husband she's talking to but then she says oh I, I, my husband has one of those too oh
1: she's referring to his she's um, referring to
0: his bathrobe but she's yeah. like yes it's long and, and um, it's wrinkly. wrinkly wrinkled yeah. at the end and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and Joe Joe thinks obviously she's talking about something else and he's bemused by this but she's talking it, about the
1: bathrobe it's basically a cock joke was <laughs> 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 that, that tumbleweeds what's going yeah.
0: Leave that one hang No, we won't leave it hanging.
1: Um, <laughs> just, I have to say that that entire thing that you just did, that whole, that whole scene that you just um, expertly replayed for us, right? That took about five minutes. I wrote down in two lines. <laughs> what, what did you write? I wrote. Okay, actually, no, it's one, two, three, four, five lines. Actually, not two. I, I, yeah, I distilled it to this: Williams takes a shower. V- Voshka walks in. Williams is unhappy Bernard walks in. Sees Williams with knickers.
0: Okay. I think I dressed it up a little more than that. I
1: think that. you did, yeah. I think you, you painted a better picture than I did. <laughs> I did have to rewrite this today. Well, I think that's why I wrote very little, because I knew that you would. It, so. it got so fast as well. Yes, exactly. And I'm trying it's to I'm to, trying to take up. notes. I didn't want to stop the movie because I was enjoying it so much.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard to keep up. Mm-hmm. Back at Fred and Ernest's caravan, Vera and Sylvia are preparing the dinner, but Sylvia slips on the ladder and the chicken flies out of the door. Ollie, the dog next door, gets it and runs off with it. He drops it in the road. A Professor Crump's students run over it in the van.
1: Yes. No. So many questions. <laughs> Go
0: for it. Why is the lard on the floor? Well, she says she can't find it, but I don't know how it got there. So yeah, she must have dropped it. How would you not remember you've dropped it? It's giant.
1: And, and more to the point, cooking with lard is a very seventies thing. That's <laughs> yeah, <it is>, right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, don't you cook your chicken with lard? Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't think I, I don't. I don't think I've seen lard for about twenty years. To be honest, <laughs> you know, there's no rapeseed oil or sunflower oil going on. Well, I wonder where <laughs> you was going with that sentence. I'm <laughs> <laughs> a little worried for a second. It was an odd choice, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> I, made, I made a choice. It was. It might not have been a right choice, but it was a choice. Not with this film. <laughs> Anyway...
2: uh...
0: (laughs) The students stop and ask the girls if they're okay. Once they discover that the mangled carcass was supposed to be the dinner, the students suggest they come with them to the pub for food and drinks, and they agree. They're very fickle. They're actually not really nice people, because they string along Ernest and Fred. And they're just out to get what they want. But I suppose the men aren't nice.
1: Because, yeah, but they're strong, aren't
0: they? Yeah, because the men only want one thing. And exactly. they know that. So they're using it to get what they want. Yeah. Oh, so, um, they're
1: using all the men, including these two guys that have just turned up. Yeah, because they, they want a dinner.
0: Yeah. It's want food. So I guess it's You'd all it, equal, you? really. you do it. If some students came and asked me for some dinner, would I go with them for free food? <laughs>
2: yeah, absolutely. Oh,
0: you're asking? <laughs> of course you would. Yeah, of course. Anything for a nosh. <laughs> Anyway, where were
1: we? Uh, uh you, you were gnoshing. Sure, you know, I was I'm, I'm just listening. I'm just a spectator. Oh, hang on, that sounds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, which I feel like I've said a hundred times in this.
1: Just keep going. Just keep going. Uh, we'll get. We'll get no. to the end eventually. Just keep going. <laughs> I thought this would be a quick one. Oh. <laughs> see. That's you all over, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: While Norm is searching the woods for a dog, she hears a voice say, Show us your knickers! Assuming it's a man lurking in the bushes, although it's really the lost minor bird, she runs and meets Major Leap, who I guess, apparently, was really lurking in the bushes.
1: Yeah, yeah, you've got to ask, what, what was he doing there in the first place? Yeah, she gets him to go and
0: find the man, Meanwhile, Arthur is in the bushes, also looking for the bird, and spies it on a branch. But just as he's about to get it, Leap, thinking he's the Peeping Tom, hits him with the cane, scurrying the
1: bird away. Yeah, he says, what are you doing, doesn't he? And he says, I'm after a bird. And he says, you filthy swine. Although Leap was probably doing the same thing, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a full-on... Uh... Peeping Tom. Peeping Tom. That's the that's the one I was looking for. Just read your charge sheet. It's on there. the charge sheet? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fred and Ernest return to the caravan to find the dinner on fire and Sylvia and Vera have gone. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the problems with this film is it really cuts quickly between people, so you're constantly going, Meanwhile, I'm there. Bushgren and Crump find the Roman site and discover a tessellated Roman floor in pretty surprisingly good condition.
1: It, it is, it's, it's, it's very well
0: preserved. Almost as if it's new. <laughs> As they're examining it, Vushka and Crump fall over and end up in each other's arms. Crump is embarrassed. Vushka less so. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, again, uh, Ernest and Fred, now fed up with the two women, decide to just go fishing. Mm-hmm. Henry finds Ollie the dog and leads him back to Joe and Norma. They're grateful for the dog's return, and Henry manages to fleece them for some money because that's how he operates. He's always looking for how he can make some cash.
1: Which, which is um, Butterworth's MO in a lot of his movies, isn't it? In a lot of the carry-on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As
0: Henry is returning, he meets Vushka and Crump and they ask him if he has found anything of Roman origins in the pit. This gives him an idea on the way to make even more cash. Back at his shed, he finds an old ur warden's helmet, dresses it up to look like a Roman antique to offer to Professor Crump in return for money. Good enough for Julius Caesar, he says. Of course, Kenneth Williams, who plays Crump, also played Caesar in Carry On Cleo, so that's
1: a nice line. You think that's what they were going for? Absolutely. Because he never gives it to them and you never see it again. Oh, no, it's true. Because, you know, I suppose saying good enough for Caesar and he's selling it to Kenneth Williams. Yeah. Well done. That was very well observed. Thank you. <laughs> no, really, it was. I never thought of that. But then again, that's, you know, that's what you're here for, isn't it? To think. To think. <laughs> <laughs> you do the thinking, I'll do the reacting. That's how it's worked okay. for 30 years. We'll carry on that way. Carry on. All right, we'll carry on. Yes. Carry on, carrying on which was right. which was going to be the uh, one of the titles for this movie apparently
0: carry on carry on it was going
1: to be called carry carry on carrying on oh that's
0: even worse than carry on behind
1: i know <laughs> one of the other ones was carry on caravan which kind of makes sense yeah that's not too bad mm mm-hmm. mhm I also don't
0: like Carry On, Don't Lose Your Head and Carry On, Follow That Camel, which, interestingly, is they're the only two films that didn't originally have Carry On in front of their title.
1: Well, they were written as something else.
0: Not that they were written as something else. They were Carry On films, but they never used the Carry On, and then it was added afterwards. In the original posters, it never had Carry On in front of it.
1: Oh, yes, because I remember the posters seen the posters in a, in, a, in a book somewhere that said they were just called it, particularly the follow that camel was just follow that camel wasn't it right right
0: and then they stuck the carry on which mm-hmm. you know, makes it very cumbersome title yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: so Ernest and Fred return to their caravan drunk and Ernest decides to return Viria Viria <laughs> sorry <laughs> who's it drunk com- there was, com- no, was a combination of uh, Vera and Sylvia it came out Viria And Ernest decides to return Vera and Sylvia's gas stove. He throws it in the tent, and in his drunken state he trips over the guide ropes, knocking over the stove. It releases gas, then explodes, destroying the tent. Not sure why it explodes. Yeah, I was
1: going to say, why does it explode? There's no
0: matches, there's nothing, it just explodes. We'll just assume that that's fine.
1: And there's no one in the tent, so it's not like there was a stray fart or anything, is there? No. No. Don't roll your eyes at me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the explosion destroys the tent and is so phenomenally loud, it knocks Crump and Vushka's caravan over and ketchup falls on his face. Crump mm-hmm. thinks the ketchup is blood and faints. Yeah. Vushka runs out and meets Fred and Ernest. In her broken English, she says, Crump, professor of archaeology, he's bleeding terrible. Fred replies, never mind his qualifications. That's my favourite line. <laughs>
1: I wrote that one down. <laughs> yeah, that that is that is a good line. Yes, it was very funny, that one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I also like one that's coming up again soon, but that's my favourite one. Fred says he knows first aid and goes to help Crump. He declares that Crump is dead. Crump points out that he's not. An ambulance is called and he's taken away. <laughs> Leap takes Vushka to his place and tries it on with
1: her, but she's not having it, literally. Mm-hmm. She leaves. <laughs> she says she said uh, he says something like, I don't want it all I just want a bit yeah, right
0: <laughs> that's true that's funny at the hospital the doctor tastes the red stuff on Crump here what are you a vampire Crump explains I like that line yeah. too <laughs> there's
1: there's some very funny um, moments in this uh, scene doesn't he say doesn't he say I, f- I feel so queer <laughs> he does <laughs> which he is does. a terrible
0: yeah. line it's a terrible line but yeah, And then the doctor says, but is it ketchup or sauce? What's the difference? About two p a bottle.
1: <laughs> I wrote that one down as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. Crump is going to be okay and he's released from hospital. When he returns to the campsite, he finds Vushka digging holes and she immediately puts him to work. Crump mm-hmm. ruptures the water mains line while F is trying to have a shower. The water goes off. Major Leap tells Henry the shower's out working and they've got to check, and Henry gets to work it working again, but they both get soaked while doing up it. Up the
1: bum, don't they? Up, oh, yes. yes. Water starts to burst
0: <laughs> from various places like in that. the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Daphne's still looking for the minor bird. Leap decides to help. He's going to broadcast about the missing bird on their new speaker system. As he's passing through the lounge, he tells the painters that the chairs are the wrong green. He wants them changed right away, but they say there isn't enough time. He tells them to do it anyway. The speaker system is really quiet and then makes strange sounds. Eventually it works.
1: So do you think the, uh, the fact that he needs the chairs repainted might come into play later in the movie?
0: I wouldn't have thought so the first time I watched it because the film is so in sections mm-hmm. that it wouldn't have occurred to me that they were setting up something for later.
1: Mm. It, just, it just seemed really... Uh, Out point, of the blue uh, and weird. If it, if it, if it wasn't going to be a payoff, then what would be the point? Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, that, that's true. That is true, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Leap's voice bellows out across the campsite. People start covering the speakers up, cutting the wires because it's annoying.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, is this the point where we get the uh, the the peeing joke? Kenneth Williams is standing there and someone sees him. He's standing in front of one of the leaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right.
0: That is happening while
1: they're talking, mm-hmm. yeah. Now yeah. That, Cause it's quite... that still makes me laugh. <laughs> I don't know why he's digging little holes, though. They they need to find a way in the script to to make the water pipes burst <laughs> <I suppose. laughs> because they've come up with the they've come up with the peeing gag and the water up the bum gags and they need to find a way to get it <laughs> find a way of getting yeah. in
0: okay yeah Bushka and crump are busy making a part of their findings crump is finding it difficult because of the comedic way that busker is mis- mispronouncing words like that mm-hmm. ernest of fred Meanwhile, they brought the girls a new tent to replace the ones they destroyed they think they're finally in with them but they're not, and the ladies leave with the students again. Yeah.
1: You see, they're not getting much luck with these two guys, are they?
0: No, they're not. And then we cut to a bar, and Fred tells Ernest to stop brooding over Sandra. But really, it's, it's kind of Fred that's thinking about it. And Ernest will just be happy fishing.
1: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. But I have to say that the thing that distracted me a lot in this scene was um, the very fetching neckerchief that uh, Windsor Davis is wearing. You don't see a neckerchief anymore, do you? No, no. I think you'd look good in one. I've been telling telling everyone that for years, but you know, people just laugh. You should just do it. You, you just do, do it. Don't get one. Yeah. I yeah. you think I should go for the one that Winsor Davis is wearing? The it's kind of yellow and um, yellow and, and blue, isn't it? I think. Should I? Go for I it? think
0: you should go towards that one, rather than The one that Fred wears in Scooby
1: Doo. Yeah, because that's just silly, isn't it? I don't want to look stupid. You got to have standards. No, no, no. You know, I want to. I want people to take me seriously. Since when? Well, there's got to be a first time for everything, isn't there? I don't think neckerchief is going to be that first time. You don't think so? I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to know unless I try it. Tomorrow, go out there, (laughs) get one.
0: I mean, can you even find a place that sells them? I could make one. Oh, you could. Out of what?
1: I'm sure the wife's got something I can uh, hack up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh... So what was,
0: the, what, okay. what was going on in the movie? What So also at the pub is Major Leap, and he's chatting to Daphne. Mm-hmm. She tells him that she hasn't seen her husband for 10 years. And he asks her if she wants to go back to his place, and she agrees for some reason. I don't know why. Because he even says, for a quick one.
1: Yeah, he says, fancy popping back to my caravan for a quick one. And she's like, yeah, okay. Mm. And you're like, whoa, hold on. But then when she gets there, and he starts getting all lechy and leery, she she can't get out of there quick enough. After the gun,
0: the pub landlord tells Ernest and Fred that the caravan site could vanish at any second because it's built on an old, unstable mine. Mm. You can see where this is going, can't you? Yeah, just one heavy downpour and it could be gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. In one of the caravans, Norma lets Ollie the dog out for a nighttime pee but he runs into Arthur's awning on his caravan. Norma chases after him and falls over
1: into Arthur's arms. <laughs> and she gets Lind. caught by, by his wife, doesn't she?
0: Yeah, Linda opens the door to see all the noises about and finds them tangled up in bed together. <laughs> and she
1: says, oh, I just fell on it. <laughs> <laughs> that old excuse. <laughs> oh, might be your and, excuse. And a
0: joke that will be later used in in Last Boy Scout by Bruce Willis.
1: <laughs> yes, I was thinking that at the time. <laughs> Oddly <Hopefully> enough. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you think that Joel Silver and Tony Scott were uh, big... Well, Tony Scott probably is aware of carry-on movies because he was English, wasn't he?
0: So the minor bird, which is still flying around this campsite, doesn't seem to want to leave, has now flown into Vushka's caravan. Mm-hmm. Show us your knickers, it says, and she thinks it's Crump talking in his sleep. And there's a confused conversation which it's revealed that Vushka keeps her money in her knickers and she wants to know how Crump is aware of this
1: is she well up for the idea of uh, getting a little bit fruity with crump isn't she I think so yes yeah yeah she she's up for the she's she's up for a bit of crumpage. Crump. <laughs> crumpage? <laughs> inventing new words now crumpage crumpage
0: yeah it's, it's a 22 letter word scar in Scrabble I believe if I can say
1: it then I can get away with it no, wait, I'll hold on.
0: <laughs> no, no, again, on your church sheet.
1: <laughs> so the next morning... So Leap
0: is phoning for an act for the week's end cabaret. Henry interrupts him, telling them they need a stripper to remove the paint from the chairs. Stripper, Leap exclaims. Meanwhile, the company on the other end of the phone thinks he wants a stripper for the cabaret.
1: Classic, classic mistake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: who hasn't made that mistake?
1: All the time. Yeah, even when I'm
0: not phoning for a cabaret act.
1: <laughs> pizza. <laughs> pizza.
0: That's right. Order a pizza, get a stripper. It can happen to anyone, Your Honour.
1: Now, you see, you'd be better off, it'd be a lot better for you if you actually got a pizza and a stripper.
0: I kind of, these days, just want the pizza.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean.
0: (laughs) Leap then gets a telegram telling that Fred and Ernest's wives are coming to the campsite. He tries to announce it on the speaker, but nobody can hear anything, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't know that nobody can hear. Mm -hmm. So now everybody's getting ready for this big party. The minor bird flies into the women's shower block, and Vera thinks it's a guy because again the minor bird is saying like show us your knickers yeah mm-hmm. she runs out and gets henry henry l- reluctantly enters and orders whoever it is to leave daphne hearing his voice realizes
1: that this is her ex-husband she hasn't seen for 10 years now this took me completely by surprise i didn't expect this at all this was actually a moment in a carry on movie where i went wow this is, this is actually quite shocking i didn't i didn't see this coming at all and it and it's very sweetly written too. It is, yeah. And there's a really sweet scene coming up between the two, right? Ones, isn't right. It? Which is completely out of character for a Carry On movie, I thought. I think so. Unless it's more reminiscent of the very early ones. Possibly because it wasn't always constant, constant gags in your face right, all the time, right. is not it?
0: Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out that Henry has been saving money as an odd job man, mm-hmm. and he's got some money from winning the pools, which is the football thing. He didn't win a pool. <laughs> <laughs> no no it's, uh, for, our, for our american
1: listeners he didn't actually win a pool
0: do they still do the pools i guess so yeah mm-hmm. okay all right this is where you guess who's gonna win football games by what score and you put an x on what you think and then if you win you win
1: some money right my, my dad used to do it all the time my dad used to do it too never won a thing nope Never did my dad. There, there was another one as well, wasn't there, called Spot the Ball. Do you remember that one? Oh yes, he used to do that too. It was a it was a picture of a of a scene from a football match, and they right. they'd take out the ball and you had to guess where you thought the ball was. Right. And put an X. And you got so many goes there, right? Yes. My my dad took it very seriously. He had a stamp with, with multiple X's on it and he'd he'd stamp. Oh, seriously? Yeah, seriously, yeah. Wow. Never won a thing. No. <laughs>
0: He tells Daphne that if she'll have him back, the money is all hers, Mm -hmm. and and it's a nice scene. And then there's a better one later as well. Finally, at the party, Fred and Ernest meet some local girls. Ernest just goes off dancing, but Fred, after all his big guy talk, is too shy to dance with somebody. He
1: was, yeah, because he's a sensitive soul deep down, isn't he? For all his bluster, Mm -hmm. apparently. The cabaret arrives. She brings her own music. She's not a singer. She's a dancer. A stripper. She's the same dancer who's in the the movie that Crump shows at the beginning, isn't she? I didn't realise. She is. She's the the exact same dancer in the movie that Crump shows by mistake. Fantastic. At the the lecture hall. Full circle. Yeah, she's definitely not Miss Fosdyke. No, and you can't knock her.
0: Asher removes items of clothing, a table light extends. What does? (laughs) (laughs) Did you not notice that? Does it? I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, the, the, the two, two guys who are doing the lights and stuff are watching her, and then she starts taking her glove off. The table lamp goes, whoop, and oh, extends no. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: even blowed that bit out. I, I, I wasn't looking.
0: <laughs> now, the married men don't know where to look, and the women get annoyed. They get up to leave, but the paint isn't dry on the seats, and it rips the backs of the skirts off. The men find this hilarious until they realise it's the same for them. Yeah, and everyone's
1: walking around arseless.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Sylvia says she has a needle on Fred and the women go with her to sort the skirts, but it's pouring with rain and they can't fit into the small tent, so they go into Ernest and Fred's caravan. They take their dresses off to mend them. Fred and Ernest and some of the students go back to the caravan to continue their drinking. They clamber into the caravan and the women scream, but Fred says they're not here to disturb them and just want more drinks.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Meanwhile, Henry and Daphne are playing cards in Daphne's caravan. And
1: this is a nice scene as well, isn't it? It is, as they rekindle
0: their old relationship. Mm -hmm. Back at Ernest and Fred's little party, they're startled when their wives arrive and walk in on them, surrounded by half-dressed women. They're in trouble. They are, but not for long.
1: No, they—they do seem to take it. I mean, they hit them with frying pans and kick them out, don't they? But yeah, but, but then
0: later on, when the dust has settled, Ernest and Fred are just watching their wives sleeping, and yeah. they realise that they've missed
1: them. And there's that thing, isn't it? They really—they didn't really want to cheat on their wives, did they? No. And they never really were going to because they're kind of pathetic and it never would have happened in the first place. All right, this isn't therapy. (laughs) Is it working? (laughs) i used that line before. (laughs) (laughs) We'll keep using it.
0: (laughs) Because of the heavy raining and the unstable conditions at the campsite, sinkholes appear in the site and the caravans start falling into them. Mm Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really oh, no, go no, anywhere. Before that,
1: though, we, we've, we've got... Kenneth Williams is in his, uh, in his caravan, and he's got a leak coming through the roof, hasn't he?
0: Oh, maybe I went for a pee. <laughs> go no, on. No, yeah,
1: he's, sitting, he's laying in his bed, in the, and there's water dripping from the ceiling in, in multiple places, and he's got pans out, trying to catch it. It starts to make a very rhythmic kind of noise, the, the, the water hitting the pans. And uh, Bushka's in the, in the other bed, and she starts clicking her fingers along to the sound of the, the, the water dripping. You didn't see any of this? No, where, no? where was I? Yeah. That's weird. And she, he says to her, he says, oh, you like the sound of it? And she says, yeah, 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 it's very rhythmic. And he says, oh, we can change places and I'll come up your end. And I laughed. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> I did, yeah. I rewound it and watched it again.
0: <laughs>
1: you didn't see any no. of that? I
0: remember the line that I must have gone into the kitchen or something and missed the lead up into it.
1: Maybe at this point you were just a bit carry on out, it been a bit of a carry on overload for you, and it was no such th- thing. No such I've thing.
0: A, wow. No such thing. I've done a. Run, I've done all twenty. I got up to twenty three films.
1: Uh, it kind of explains a lot.
0: So because of this rain, the caravans start falling into the sinkholes, but nothing really serious
1: happens. No, they just they just go in and people fall about a bit don't they
0: yeah and then the next morning the campers leave mm-hmm. Henry leaves with Daphne and and Jack Douglas finally manages to do his annoying tick
1: at the end he's got to get in there at least once hasn't he apparently yeah mm-hmm. now had he been in, in carry-on movies previous to this and in which case if he had had he done his annoying shtick before this or was this the first time he did it and then he just carried on in carry-on England isn't he
0: in the one where they're um, isn't it carry-on regardless where they're got that committee that helps people.
1: Yes, and that's before this one, isn't it? So, yes, yeah. it does do it there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because the one after this is Carry On England, isn't it? I mean, we're we're literally at the death throes of Carry On movies at this point, aren't we? Totally right, yes. Mm-hmm. Professor
0: Kromp and Buschka finishing off the Roman dig by replacing the tiled floor, which is not usually how
1: Roman digs work. <laughs> he put things back. Where have they got it from?
0: I don't know. <laughs> and it's revealed he's given Pushka the minor bird. He doesn't know why Daphne wanted to get rid of it. The bird says, show us your knickers. Vushgood does. Crump laughs and says, stop messing about. Yes. Which is, of course, Kenneth Williams' famous catchphrase that he'd been doing since radio days.
1: And it's still funny.
0: It is. And that's the end. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of pointless this next bit. (laughs) What did you think of Carry On Behind? I mean, it's incredibly dated, isn't it? Where do you put it in the Carry On films? Can you do that? I mean, it's a hard question. But. I
1: fully, when we decided to do Carry On Behind, I fully expected to think to come away from this film thinking that it was probably at the lower end of the scale, Right. because it was one that I probably one I'd seen the least. I would say.
0: And it doesn't contain a lot of the people.
1: No, no, and I think that's probably why. Because you, you, you gravitate towards the ones that have got the, the core cast in you and they've got your Sid James and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, I was completely wrong. I thought it was a lot better than I thought it would be or from what I remembered it. Right. And I would I would probably... I mean, it's not up there with, with the classic ones by any stretch of the imagination, right. but it, it's not terrible. It's not Carry On Emmanuel or Carry On Columbus. No, I
0: and mean, I think... Dave Freeman, the writer, tried to capture something from the original Carry On films. In what way? I think he tried to return to some of the less nastiness that the later films got with the comedy. You know, I think it was a it's still a gentler film.
1: Yeah, because in terms of the nastiness, I can see what you mean. Because if you take a, if you think about the one that came comes after it, Carry England, that's quite a nasty movie. Right. The humour in that is very very scathed and quite quite uncomfortable at times, I find, in Carrion England. Right. Whereas this is just your your, your bawdy seaside postcard humour yeah. still, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it more than you thought you would do? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. When it was at the beginning, I was like, oh. oh. Well, the first thing was, Sid James wasn't in it. And I'm always like, oh, if Sid James isn't in it, then, you know, yeah. that's, that's already a minus. And then it started off, and I thought, oh, it's going to be very 70s. It's going to be like one of those... Film. oh the
1: confessions confession
0: movies. movie it's going to be that kind of thing when Britain was doing these 70s movies of exploitation. but it's not it's not at all and there's some nice bits and of course what you forget is by now you're dealing with actors who are at the top of their game maybe sliding over the other side a bit but they're at the top of the game mm-hmm. they've learned the craft and they know what they're doing they can do this in their sleep yeah and the writing's still good and the lines are still funny um, so that pulled it through for me. Almost I like pulled it off, but I'm not going to.
1: I'm glad you didn't say that. Thank you. <laughs> because, you know, God forbid we drag this podcast down to uh, that level, really, you know.
0: Yeah, we spent all the time talking about how the carry-on film wasn't about smut and innuendo, how it dealt with real issues by being smutty and innuendo-filled. <laughs> It's a choice. (laughs) They're just bad people.
1: (laughs) I mean, this film is. I mean, I kind of get the feeling that this film, because we're getting to the tail end of the Carry On movies, it's it's, it's cheaper than a lot of the other ones.
0: Yeah, but I was reading some facts, and apparently all the Carry On films were only ever shot with one camera. Wow. (laughs) Which I find hard to believe, but that's what this. There's a book called Carry On Facts and Figures, and that's what it says in it.
1: One camera. Just one, and counter. they just move it from yeah. They just set up to set up. It. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I also read that this this was the only carry on movie that actually went over budget. Makes you wonder what, what the budget was. Twenty quid? No, budget was <laughs> two hundred and nineteen thousand pounds, and it went over. Yeah. So and, and it's obviously cheaper than a lot of the other carry-on movies.
0: I would have thought so. I mean, you would think that carry-on Jack and carry-on Cowboy were more expensive, although they only used sets that were already standing for other did, films. Didn't they? they didn't yeah. build anything themselves. Even carry-on Cleo was the old Cleopatra set that they abandoned when they went off to Italy.
1: And Screaming used a lot of Hammer stuff, didn't it?
0: Yeah, so they didn't have to build anything.
1: But it's just amusing to me that that, you know, those older movies that look so much better production-wise... Stayed on budget, whereas this, right. which is basically just shot in a field at Pinewood Studios, went over budget. Yeah, I wonder what it was. Maybe it was Elkie's uh, fee, but she was worth it, I mean. Oh yeah, she's really good in it, it's a shame she, she, she didn't do more. Yeah, he's, he's, she's completely natural. She's a lot better
0: in this than Phil Silvers is in Fall Like Carmel*. I find him unwatchable in that
1: movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, apart from the <laughs> fact that he was mostly drunk and couldn't see and was reading his lines <laughs> off cards and didn't understand anything that was going on.
1: <laughs> that doesn't surprise me.
0: Yeah, so for me, this film's a hit. I'm not denying there are better carry-on films than this
1: one, but for me, it's still a hit. And I'd agree. I'd agree completely. I think we it was good in a way that we picked this one to do because a whole thing that we decided when we started this podcast is that, you know, we wouldn't do the, the, the movies that are undeniably classics and we wouldn't do the movies that are undeniably bad. Right. So we picked a carry-on movie that neither of us could really remember yeah and could go either way and you know it's nice it it was kind of like watching for me it was kind of like watching a carry on movie that i'd never seen before even though i know i'd seen it before but but it's been so long it's been so long and it's not one of the ones i've watched a lot you know so i really enjoyed it and yes I'd, i'd definitely put it on the list excellent that's good
0: that's it for carry on behind but we have something a little extra for the end of our podcast
1: we do yes uh we've we've had someone write a song for us adam who uh in old shot who contacted us uh previously and asked us no he didn't ask us he pointed out my floor didn't he didn't spot hannah spirit that's the one yes the so, so i don't i don't like him so um i think he's a great chap i'm sure you do he's uh yeah he's written us a song and he's he's recorded it and he's uh he sent it in to us
0: Yeah, so we're going to play it out at the end of the podcast in its entirety. Mm -hmm. Enjoy. Yeah, it's very nice. I like it. Yeah, so do I. So before we do play the song, just tell you to... Well, not tell you to. (laughs) You will, you You will do this. (laughs) Uh, Ask you to join us on our next episode when we take a look at the joining of two superstars who finally, after years of waiting, were thrown together in the same film. Everybody was dying to see these colossus of cinema pitched together. I know, you're thinking Robert De Niro and Dal Pacino in Michael Mann's Heat, but you should know us better by now. We're talking Sly Stallone and Kurt Russell in Tango and Cash from
1: 1989. Wow, you really sold it. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, Uh, Do you want to know an interesting fact that you probably don't remember about this movie? Go on. We saw this movie together in the cinema. Did we see it at Unit 4? We did indeed. The Unit 4 in Wigan. If anyone's out there in Wigan listening to this and remembers the Unit 4...
0: Cinema screen, probably about the size of our TV sets
2: now. It
1: was, it was, with a stereo system in the middle of the room that, that played the sound. Was it stereo? Probably not. It was <laughs> just one speaker. <laughs> it was probably a record, wasn't it? it was uh, probably... And
0: then and then they stopped the film halfway through so she could sell chalk ices. She did, yes.
1: Which I didn't yes. buy, surprisingly. I never bought either. No, uh, I mean, you, you're not going to touch that stuff
0: there, are you? No. All right, so it'll be Interesting. See what we think of it now. Absolutely. So, thank you for listening to Retrospection. And remember, you can reach us through retrospection at email.com, at Retrospeccy on Twitter, and via Facebook. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.
2: Bye. Better back in the day before CGI led the way. Two men will take a journey. All the way to the past they'll battle through the ages and maybe a drink or two. It's better back in the day before HDM4K I'm with a picky nature. In a poison tongue They're watching tear apart All the things that you love and judge There's a better back in the day Was it better back in the day Is it